0: Good morning. It's Jennifer Hill with Don't Get Offended. Episode, I don't know. 8762. Who knows? I'll know when I upload it, okay? I'm just trying to ah you mother. Sorry. Sorry guys. Um I was just trying to record some episodes before I go on vacation. And I've realized with, when you have a time crunch for anything, you have a complete fucking brain freeze, like, blank. When I was a kid, my mother used to be like, what are you thinking? I'd be like, nothing. She's like, there's no way you're thinking nothing. And I'm like, oh, there's a way. There's a way. That's what my brain feels like, nothing right now. So I'm on here, and wherever this fucking thing goes, I hope it uh, entertains you or brings you some insight, because I, we're on this journey together. We're, we're on this journey of where Jen's thoughts are going today together because I, every time I get on to record an episode, I feel inspired and I feel like ready to discuss whatever topic I've chosen or whatever I've been like, oh, I'm you know what, I'm going to talk about that for a little while. And today I have nothing. So let's talk about nothing <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> Also, what is it with parents asking you what you're thinking about when you're a kid? You're like, like, we have any idea? We don't know what popsicles. I don't know. Sleep. The playground, the pool. I'm thinking about the pool. Can we go to the pool? So, and also I'm, I'm coming on here to just stop, uh, to delay the packing process that is giving me. Anxiety, and instead of dealing with it, I'm procrastinating to make it worse. <laughs> I'm only flying out tomorrow. It's fine. It's fine, guys. It's all fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna wear whatever's in. I'm just gonna throw one pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt in uh, my bag. Um, growing. Spe- speaking of one pair of sweatpants, I was like a uh, uh, poor kid. I was I had one pair of jeans and like three shirts. Granted, my mother was a single mother with four kids and when she got a clothing allowance from the state, it was like 138 bucks or something crazy. It was like nothing. So we're allowed to get one pair of shoes, one pair of sneakers, one pair of sneakers, one pair of pants and three shirts. From Bradley's. <laughs> Do you remember Bradley's? My problem is I just kept gaining weight, so nothing fit from the year before, so whatever I bought for that school year was all I ever had. The other days I was just walking around naked. And then when I was going into high school, I broke my leg before I entered freshman year. So I had one sneaker, one clean sneaker when the cast was off, one clean sneaker and one dirty sneaker. (laughs) Ah... I think growing up poor does something to you. Definitely. That's not even, that's a fact. I'm sure there's like studies on it. But it, it, it puts you in this mindset that you'll never have enough. And because when you never have enough, when you're a kid, or you have just enough, you know, just enough to survive or whatever. You have just enough and then maybe a little more. Growing up, like, and as an adult, you kind of, like, maybe get stuck in that mindset that, like, even though you're more successful, you have more, like, material things, you you only ever have just enough to make it to the next, like, stage of your life or whatever I'm trying to say. It's weird. That's why that guy that wrote that book, Rich Dad, he was saying rich people just have that mindset that they always have enough. And that's what the secret is, too, where that's like they they also they have that mindset because they grew up with that mindset. So if they have the wealthy parents and the wealthy. Grandparents, then they they just that's their world. So, of course, they would just continue to believe that they keep getting it, whether it's right or wrong, whether they deserve it or not. It's just going to you are just going to keep getting it because you're already in that vibration of receiving. And I'm in the vibration of losing. And I need to get the fuck out of that vibration. How do I get in? It's like double dutch. It's like I'm just waiting to like jump in to that good vibration. You know, the answer is meditation and gratitude. Meditation and gratitude. I know. I know. Um, The day I broke my leg... When I was, I don't know if I mentioned this, maybe five other times. Maybe everybody who knows me knows that. But the day I went and fractured my leg, my mother said, don't climb that fucking tree. And that's exactly what we did. Why? I have no idea why I did that. I don't know. But I do know I was only meant to go to the store to get a stick of margarine. One stick of margarine with a five dollar food stamp. Oh my goodness! Remember when they came in those packets, like um, like a checkbook they looked like, and they would be like five dollar packets, one dollar packets, twenty dollar (laughs) packets. Was there a hundred dollar food stamp? There might have been a fifty. Yeah, one of the girls in our (laughs) complex (laughs) would use it at the fucking uh, ice cream truck, and the ice cream truck took food stamps. Oh shit! And sometimes you can go, you know, you can go to the uh store to Christie's now Seven Eleven, and you can get like say you bought like a little Debbie snack with a five dollar um food stamp, you could get cash back. You could also buy your mother cigarettes while you were there too. Parliament's that's what my mother smoked. Parliament's my aunt smoked those too. So then, when I grew up, I also smoked cigarettes. I didn't smoke parliaments, though. Those shits are nasty. And the filter's like three inches into the cardboard or the paper, whatever the fuck the situation is with the parliament. My, um, my, one of my aunts smoked Virginia Slim 120s. <laughs> oh, man. And then when we like stole cigarettes, you know, because I used to, steal as a child not a lot but just enough to be like I, everybody stole didn't everybody fucking steal and the cigarettes used to be on the outside counter at the corner store and i would steal those cigarettes for my cousins and myself and then my mother caught me stealing and brought me back and made me apologize to the guy his name was mike and he's like it's okay it's okay it's okay and my mother's like it's not okay it's not okay <laughs> I was like, sorry. My mother's like, what are you thinking? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Imagine if I was a mother to three kids right now, I would four kids. I mean, at the time, there was three of us. Then my little brother was born. But I would lose my shit. I wouldn't even, I'd be like, I get annoyed if a kid doesn't listen to one thing I say. Like, if I babysit my niece, who's a crazy child, she's a gift from God. She's a angel from heaven. She's a indigo baby. She's a special, loving, wild child. She's a hippie baby. But she is insane. I think the child can can run on 22 minutes of sleep. I don't even know how she is the way she is, but she is a different, she's very different. She's magical. She's also creepily, eerily psychic and or like talks to dead people. But... If I'm when I'm watching her, she doesn't she listens to one of every 500 things I tell her to do. And I'm like exhausted after an hour. I'm like, how? How do parents do this? And I think back and I'm like, no, I was a good kid, but I don't really remember. You know, that's you don't remember every moment of your fucking life. You don't remember every second. You think you do and then someone brings something up and you're like, "Oh, that's deep in the archives. I don't remember that." It's it's weird. We have this fucked, we memory is weird. Our brains are weird. We like to just like think back and remember like these are the things that definitely molded me because I remember them. But really, it's like the things we can barely remember in our subconscious that really molded us. I guess. So, yeah, my mother, my mother um, was raising three of us and my dad would see us on the weekends and my dad. Oh, God, I love him. Obviously, I love my dad. But he was I don't know what he was doing. He says he was drinking, which I assume. Yeah, he was an alcoholic. He's a recovering alcoholic now. And I think and he was just a good looking guy. So I think he wanted to just be out and about flirting with everybody all the time. That's my opinion. And now that he's in his 60s, he's still a good looking guy. But now he's like, I'm like, Dad, you have to make conversation with women. You have to talk to them like they're humans and like understand, like respect what they say and create conversation and get to know them and learn about them. And I think that I think in my humble opinion, Dad, if you listen this in, is, this is how I feel and I, maybe I've told you, but I think that he's spent his entire life having women chase him. Or not even have to be chased because he's just been, like, a good-looking guy. So he just never had to ever put any effort into dating ever. And and now any amount of effort, he's like, what? How do I do this? I don't know how to do this. I'm like, well, I don't know to tell you. He's like, should I talk to the girls at the gym? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. <laughs> you can. You can, but I'm going to tell you, we don't really want to be talked to at the gym. If you're going to talk to her at the gym, talk to her when she's on her way out of the gym. Not in the parking lot or under like in the dock, like not that. But maybe at the like the counter before they leave. And if she's walking away, here's a sign for all guys. If she's walking away when you're trying to talk to her, she doesn't want to talk to you. If she's rushing the conversation, she doesn't want to talk to you. If she still has her gym bag over her shoulder, she doesn't want to talk to you. If she's facing you and she's talking to you and leaning in and she's not, like, jumbling to grab her keys, maybe she wants to talk to you. There's some, some there's some signs that she's into it. So, yeah. My dad needs a woman. He's old school. His mother took care of him. And my mother, maybe my mother took care of him when they were together, but they weren't together long. I don't really have any memories of them being together, but... Uh, yeah, he's looking, I think he's looking for like a old school housewife. So I think he wants, that's what I think, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe I don't know my dad as well as I think I do. Maybe I don't. So where was I going with this? What was I saying about being growing up poor? Oh yeah. So my mother was always like running around with us. We were always with her. So I know she must've been like wanting to like, (laughs) kick us in the head sometimes I don't know how you mothers do it That you're like walking around with a row of ducklings constantly and we used to be like God, she's she's so mad and it would be like she'd be like can we use the bathroom while she was in there and she was like can I fucking pee we're like no no you can't pee <laughs> she'd be like you see this thing attached to my ear it's called a phone I'm on the phone And then she'd be whoever she was talking to She'd be like, these kids, they don't they don't need anything until you're on the fucking phone. That's true. (laughs) We're like, oh, mom's not paying attention. Let's ask her for something. She'd be like, what do you want? Can I wear red socks tomorrow? Oh, my God. Fuck these kids. (laughs) Oh, shit. And then she had my little brother. I was 11 when she had my little brother, which she had her boy. And he's an angel. He's mad, funny. he's a special kid, too. He's not as wild as my niece. He wasn't as well, I mean, you know what now that I think of it, maybe he was Olivia he my niece, maybe my brother when he was her age, he was her. He was just as wild, running around the house in cowboy boots and nylons. We had three sisters. um I do remember I don't know if this is my memory as a child or if this is. Someone else's memory told to me, you know sometimes that happens, you're like, well, did I, did I live that?" Or was that someone else's thoughts? I don't remember, but I see it in my head. so it could be my memory or it could be a story told to me that my brother was outside sitting we had the, we lived in a courtyard called the pit, so there was a huge fucking ditch in the center of the courtyard where we lived. like all the apartments were around it. Like, who the fuck thought of that?" and, and, and at, at one point one corner of the fucking pit was like 12 feet so if you're on the side of the grass and you fell in 12 feet I mean I think of it now like that's pretty dangerous but I don't think we ever I don't know if anybody ever fell and got hurt there but my brother did sit on the edge of he was sitting on the rocks in the edge of the pit and the neighbor's kid came up with a boulder and just dropped it on my brother's head my mother lost her fucking mind. <laughs> but like, what? <laughs> what? Whose child is this? I know exactly whose kid it is. God rest her soul. She ended up passing away and her kids were fucking loopy. You know those kids in the neighborhood? You're like, whose kids are these? Th- that, those They were the kids. Like, are they going to grow up to be serial killers? Are those kids going to be murderers? Because they're fucking weird. That was the kid that threw. If he did grow up to be a serial killer, we should read about it. Maybe he did. And I'd be like, he dropped a log on my brother's head. A fucking boulder. Just fucking dropped it right on my brother's head. Um, he's like, um, I don't know what I'm going do today. Oh, a rock. Oh, Cody. Yes. I'm going to drop it on his head. This is a good idea. <laughs> my poor brother. He used to have a tape recording that my aunt got him. God rest her soul. Damn, mad people have died. Jesus. I'll get back to that, but she she got him a tape with all his with his name on every song. It might have been my mother, but he probably listened to it most with Leanne, like when he was like just cuz Leanne would let him do whatever the hell he wanted, but he had a song and it was like who's that guy in the mirror? Who's that happy smiling guy? Who's that Cody? And that was, you would, you would have swore he, like, created that track himself. He would sing in front of the mirror with that song over and over. Put the Cody song on, Jen. Put the Cody song on. Fenifa. he'd call me. Put the Cody song on. And I'm like, You've lis- you just finished listening to it 26 times. You need to listen to it one more time? One more? Oh, my goodness. Now he's, like, makes music. Now he's got two kids of his own. God. He was supposed to be my, Cody, I don't know, he's probably not even going to listen to this, but he's supposed to be my ride or die. He was supposed to not have kids with me. But his two kids are also very special, so I can't. I love all my nieces and nephews. I'm grateful they're all here. (coughs) I'm grateful that means I don't have to have kids, and hopefully when when I'm old and sick and need help, they'll take care of me. Hopefully they'll put me on the commode. They'll get me up out of the hospital bed and put me on the toilet. When I'm 88. That's what I envision for myself. I'm going to die when I'm 88. So I was thinking back on my childhood growing up, you know, in a, a apartment complex with a bunch of kids. Everybody was just as poor as everybody else. Different levels of it. There was some random, there was some random households with two parents who were like working parents and like all that jazz but a lot of the families were single single parents with kids and um I forgot where I was going with this I do remember one guy I I held I was like 12 years old and I thought he liked me because he asked me to hold his crack for him and I did I literally did I put it in my I put it in my dresser in my room and I fucking thought I was the shit (laughs) <laughs> oh my god Jen I was like yeah I'll hold that for you I'll put it in my my bureau <laughs> uh, so um, oh I was thinking about uh, thinking all the people that have passed away in my life and I was like oh what if I start writing them down because I thought about Like, if I could remember every person that passed away since I've been alive that I knew that was a family or a friend. Because it's so much. Is that that true for everybody? Because you're like, there's mad people. There's a lot of deaths. And they all die from different causes. Drugs. Suicide. Mostly drugs and suicide. Gun violence. Um yeah damn that's true drugs are drugs are drugs are bad, and by drugs I mean opiates because uh, I don't think you're overdosing on weed yeah I've had family members I've had uh, my niece died of my niece she was my aunt I was her niece she died of um drug overdose my aunt died of suicide my niece who died of my my aunt who died of a drug overdose her mom died of suicide my my friend my one of my best friends from junior high billy he died of drugs um one of my kid one of the kids i knew in second grade drowned i remember that story That was the first death. I think I was like, what does that mean? They had like counselors come in. And I thought everybody said he got caught in the undertow. And I was like, what is I never like as a child, I was like, there's a big toe that stepped on him and he died. I don't even know if anybody explained that to me. But I knew it drowned in an undertow. I was like seven. That I didn't mean to get morbid here. I just I'm not even being I'm like just recollect recollecting recollection recalling remembering thinking about the people who were in your lives and and it's weird when you're living your life at some certain stage of it whatever it may be teens 20s childhood I mean childhood's a whole different thing but teens 20s you know you think you're in one phase of your life for so long or doing the same routine for so long and so often that you think that you're always going to be that's going to be your life like you're taking the same route to work you're working the same job and you think I'm going to be here forever and then you're not in that situation five years later and you're like wow and then you look back and you think you're not even around the same people and maybe that's just me like people who were a big part of my life I don't even like they're not even in my life right now weird life is weird man I guess I wanted to talk about growing up poor which I guess the only I I guess I didn't really know where that would go and so I didn't really talk about it I mean I touched on it I touched on food stamps and buying sticks of madron and having a pair of jeans a black pair of jeans, and when I broke my leg, did I tell you guys that I broke my leg? <laughs> uh-huh. <coughs> Excuse me. The firefighter cut cut my jeans off, and I was pissed. All right, I'm reading something from my uh, recruiter. She's, ten- She's like, hey, uh, hey, we still don't have a job for you yet, but I'm still hoping that we get you one. I don't have an assignment lined up next, and I'm leaving on Thursday. And I realize that this is a problem that not everybody can identify with, but this is what a travel nurse goes through that you don't know it's like you could save money this is what I struggle with saving money and being smart with my money but you could save money and be like you're good and then if you don't have an assignment lined up next it's like you're spending your saved money trying to just live and pay your bills while your next assignment while you get your next assignment then you're like well fuck now I have to resave money again or try to save money again and I'm complaining about something that people probably like, shut the fuck up. I'm complaining about something now that I would have never. I, when I was broke, like fucking a broker than broke, when I was like sp- splitting up my rent through two different paychecks while I was getting paid every two weeks, I was getting paid $500 every two weeks working at DYS, working as a staff with teenagers in Brockton. It was um. Uh, the boys' unit. Brockton Secure Treatment Program. And the I was making $9.25 an hour, which was evidently good pay, with a bachelor's degree. I'm not even going to fucking go in, I mean, I could relive that period of my life and want to punch everybody in the face because what I know now, I would have never fucking, like, I would have never accepted what I accepted when I was 22, 21. In terms of pay and the ability to, 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 rise up in this program I had to completely switch roles to get more money and to have a different um had a better position or a different title but I was at 9.25 an hour with a bachelor's degree that at that time I thought meant something now it's like a high school fucking diploma but uh and I was getting 9.25 an hour and it's not my boss's fault at the time because I fucking love him. I really loved my boss. And even the director of the program, I, I, I respected and liked him too, although I differed on some of his beliefs and his, the way some of the things I didn't agree with. But underlying the person, I liked him. And uh, what was I saying? I was getting nine twenty five an hour and with a bachelor's degree. And there would be guys that started – getting paid more than me with fucking GEDs and high school diplomas. I'm like, if I was me now, if I was me now, which whoever I am now, I don't know. (laughs) Me now would have been like demanded more money. And the guy that got me the job, well, he said he got me the job. My boss at the time was like, he didn't get you the fucking job. I did. I said, you you hired. I, I hired you. But the guy, the supervisor that. Got me the jo- said he got me the job that I dated while I worked there because that was fucking smart. I did a lot of dumb things in my 20s, but that was one of them. When I broke up with him, he was like, I got you this job and I can get you fired. I was like, okay, psychopath. I'll just talk shit about you. And that's what I did. Oh, I was such a fuck. <laughs> I was, uh, you think of me now? You think I'm like vulgar now? I'm toned down, okay? I was a wild person in my 20s. I was just raging. Anyways, it was a weird period of my life. But yeah, $9.25 an hour. Dealing with bullshit. Never moved up. And they told me it was because of my attitude. Okay. I know it's not because of my attitude. I know that, yeah, I have an attitude. But half the fucking staff here have an attitude. So it ain't that. You just, it ain't that. It's that as a woman, they didn't want to have to deal with, you know, with dealing with the the female to male thing on with a group of teenage boys—they just didn't want to deal with it, so they didn't. Instead of acknowledging it and thinking that maybe whatever—that was a stressful job for everybody involved. And the only people making any fucking money were the higher ups, anyways. So it's not like my fucking director, my assistant director, or director were making bank; they were just making more than I was, and it's because they were men. Hundred percent. And also older with a little more experience. Okay, I got that. I get that. When I look back, I get it. And uh, the, I met some really good people that I still talk to to this day and still love to this day. There's good people at that job. They were fucking trash bag people, too, that I would punch in the jaw if I saw today. But there were a lot of good great guys. I had, That was a good period of my life. I, it was a crazy period of my life, but I grew a lot. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about all areas in life working that job. So anyways, back. <coughs> Jen, what are you saying? A whole lot about nothing. So I would make $9 and 25 cents an hour worked 40 hours a week. Um, And then if you picked up overtime, what would you get? $15 an hour. It's wow. Capitalism. And, uh, and those guys, a lot of those guys were crazy over time, but what am I get it's right, so nine dollars twenty five cents an hour. Jen say it one more time for the people in the back. and I would make my take home check would be barely five hundred dollars every two weeks. That's a thousand dollars a month. and I lived with my friend and we rented and she took the bigger room and had me pay less money because she was making more money. She was a nurse at that time. And, um, so she paid more money in rent, like $125 more a month. So I would have, and I got a new car cause I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> I mean, I needed a car, but I got a car grant. Oh my God. I think of it now. It was a 2005 Hyundai Elantra. Oh my God. That's what I drive now. <laughs> it all comes full circle. <laughs> oh my God, Jen. Wow. It's time to get a new car, Jen. At that time, it was new, though, you know, because it was like 2005, 2006 or something. And I would split my check up. One of the guys I worked with, he's like, listen, if you need to budget, just break, just take half out of your check and put it aside for your rent for the next month. So every check you get, you put half aside so you don't have to pay your whole rent with your first check every time. And I was like, oh, because my rent was 475 or 500 Whatever it was, it left me with like maybe 20 bucks. For the next two weeks. And when he, he, he uh, schooled me on that lesson, I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I thought I was the shit. And, uh, I mean, no, I was still was earning the same amount of money. Uh, and I had a car payment, car insurance, electric bill, rent, and whatever, you know, I tried to exist on. I had to buy, like, decent clothes for work. I was, that was, I was in struggle city. And what better way, if you're in Struggle City and you're doing that, living that life, you, the the best thing to do is to just quit your job, drop everything, voluntarily repossess your car, and go to Alaska with $170 in your account. Because that's what I did. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm leaving. I'm leaving on a jet plane with $169 in my bank account. <laughs> And I thought I was good. I'm like, I got 169 bucks. I don't need anything else. I'm just going to leave. So I flew to Vegas and me and my girl drove to, drove to um, Alaska. And I was what? How old was I? I was 26. Yeah, I was 26 years old. I was supposed to start nursing school and I deferred it. I was like, I don't really want to start nursing school right now. I had no idea what I was doing with my life. And I was pumped. I was like, "Yes, I'm going to Alaska. I'm excited and fucking doing something." And then I, I, remember we drove five days, which was awesome. The first time for a city girl camping, and I—that's a whole different life. That's a whole different story. I was fucking, I was terrified. My friend Jen, who I who I drove with, who's like a nature queen. She's from Nevada. She's a biologist, wildlife biologist. Does all this, she did all this stuff in the desert, so she's not afraid. I am from Brockton in the city never camped a day in my life the only experience I have with the wilderness is falling out of a tree if I told you that when I, I broke my leg that's the only experience I have with wilderness so she was like we'll just we'll just camp in an RV park and even that I was terrified like really I I I'll go into a whole Alaska episode. Maybe that's what I'll do when I go. Cause I'm going to Alaska to visit Jen, this girl that we took the drive with and my best friend, Sherry. I'll do an episode up there with them. If I can fucking figure out how to carry all this nonsense. Cause it kind of weighs a lot. The computer, the microphone, the, the mini studio thing. Maybe I'll do that. But, and then I remember we stopped, we were in traffic in British Columbia cause they were doing road work and We were in dead stop traffic and I looked at the RV in front of me and there was like mosquitoes and butterflies flying all around our cars. And I specifically remember it was at that moment I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I was like almost had a full blown panic attack in the car. I was like, (gasps) what am I doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have a job. I don't have anything lined up. I don't know who I am. I'm going to fucking Alaska. I'm in the middle of nowhere. That was 26 year old Jen. And then I stayed maybe six months, I think. And then I had like homesickness is a real deal. It's the real deal. They, you say, oh, it's homesick. And you think, oh, what's well, such a like, nice little word for missing home. No, it's like a legit physical pain, discomfort, psychological pain, um, impending doom, feeling a, a loneliness and depression that you like 10 times over all at once. It is real. And it is a lot and it is heavy. So if you're feeling homesick, I know what you're feeling, girl. Oh, dude, I know what you're feeling. It ain't fun and it ain't something to be taken lightly. So just FaceTime a family member, call your mother or call your parents or call a sibling, call someone that connects you to home. That helps. It kind of grounds you a little bit because homesickness is no joke. And then I, you know, and then I went back and went to nursing school because I was like, All right, well, I deferred it for a year. Might as well move back home and go to nursing school. I did end up finding work at that, obviously, while I was there. And I worked with teenage girls in a group home. And I got paid more money. I got paid $13.50 an hour to do the same job I was doing in Massachusetts. I was fucking... Anyways. I should have got paid $23 an hour to work with those girls. I worked with eight girls and I sat them down and I said, I've worked with 25 teenage boys and I would take 25 teenage boys over eight girls any day those girls were insane granted they were they had some issues and now I could handle them differently because I'm not 26 anymore but man that was hell that was a crazy job I love those girls though but man oh man the first my first day on the job the girl threw a pot of water a huge fucking cup of water on me and then she was like, OK, Jennifer, we don't like you, Jennifer, because <laughs> they copied my accent. <laughs> oh, shit. I wonder where she is now. Little shit. She was cute. And then I had another girl there who um, would bite her skin off. She would literally just put her like sh- that insides her tooth into her arm and just rip her flesh out. And we we're all like, oh, no, don't do that. And I was like, I don't care go ahead you ain't going swimming she's like if I can't go swimming I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it if I can't go swimming I'm like do it it looks like you're used to doing it do it I'm not gonna fucking stop you and she did she did so these girls had some issues some deep deep issues there was no system in place. I remember calling my assistant director at the time, like, "What do I do with these girls? There's like nothing. This is like a fucking shit show. There's no rules. There's nothing going. Everybody just fucking treats everybody like friends, or like, like they're just like, oh, come home from. So there's no structure at all. I was like losing my mind. And then we had a point system at the job I was working at with the ki- with the boys in uh, Brockton. So I tried to bring the point system there, and it was like fucking. It was like. I was from the future. They couldn't believe it. It was like groundbreaking. I'm like, what do you mean? Are you just running this program with your eyes closed? Jesus. I'm like, I'm 26. I should. I'm like, I mean, I guess I should know a little more, but these women were grown women in their 40s and 50s. They were not like me. They got, they got, to, they learned to like me because that's how it is with me. You don't like me at first. You're like, who's this bitch? And then you come to me, I don't know, six months later, and you tell me, oh, I thought you were such a bitch when I first met you, because I need to know that. I never go up to people and tell them, oh, when I first met you, I didn't like you. And, you know, keep that shit to yourself, because I don't care. But I do know that that's how people feel, because I've been told it many times. So they ended up liking me, but at first they fought everything I wanted to do, because it's like, really, truly, I probably would have felt the same way, like, who are you coming in here telling us how to how to do things but at the same time i was coming with experience and at the time if i had i had i'd entered that job knowing my worth at that time damn because i was like well i guess i'll just take 13 an hour and work as a staff and i was like i could have been fucking run, running the show shit i just didn't know my worth you gotta learn your worth right well shit it's almost 40 minutes guys i've been talking i'm sorry um i guess this was a rant about nothing if you took anything away i hope it helped you i hope it entertained you at all at a little bit um and i will catch you on the flippity flip uh and hopefully i'll try to record something in alaska if not then you'll hear from me when i get back i'll um, upload these episodes next monday maybe i'll upload upload this one on friday and then upload the other one on monday or however that works either way okay i'm ranting now i'm gonna eat something and uh finish packing i guess so much love to all you guys thank you for listening thank you for um subscribing uh you can leave a review on my apple i guess that helps me be searchable my friend jen told me that thank you i only have jen friends all my friends name are jen (laughs) i'm that narcissistic (laughs) uh Like and subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment, email me at didyougetoffended at gmail.com, Facebook me, Instagram me, DM me, whatever you want to do. So much love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I'm going to go.